Welcome to the Brain People Podcast, a show where four mental health experts team up to bring you practical tools for overcoming mental health challenges. The Brain People don't replace your doctor or therapist, but we will give you some extra tools to help you on your journey. So join us as we fight mental illness, one episode at a time. Welcome to the Brain People Podcast. I'm Amanda Anguish, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, and I'm joined here with Cherie. Cherie, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, My name is Cherie Hummel, and um, I'm the coordinator for the Senior Peer Counseling Program, and um, I've been doing this about a year and a half now. Great. So actually, we're going to be talking about Senior Peer Counseling, and I think this is it was relatively new to me when I heard about it, but I think it's important that we know that this exists because uh, there's actually an epidemic in our world right now that we're experiencing, not even just in the United States, but in other countries where they're recognizing this real sense of loneliness that people have. And I think seniors are especially experiencing this. Mm -hmm. And so maybe you can tell us a little bit about how you came into this senior peer counseling. Sure. Well, I had a good friend Mm -hmm. who um, had told me about this um, position that was coming open at at Beautiful Minds. And Mm -hmm. they uh, had known me well, known me for many years. They knew I was looking really for a job and kind of ministry and Mm -hmm. And giving back and um, uh, they thought I would be good for this job and so I have a passion for seniors a passion for people in general but a passion for seniors and um, uh, am gifted really in listening I mm-hmm. it's something that ha- uh, I have been blessed with and so um, I applied and got the job well, now, as as you're saying, you have this passion. Usually there's a story behind that. Is there anything significant in your life that has happened that gave you that sense of, like, you know, caring for seniors? Uh, I Well, I would have to say uh, there's kind of a number of things in that, uh, not only in dealing with my own parents, mm-hmm. um, as well as grandparents, uh, you know, being there for them. Uh, they have all since passed away, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, they went, each one went through different experiences. And as difficult as it was for me emotionally to go through that with them, it was a blessing and a, a privilege. There was growth through that. And um, then I, I had some personal experiences with one of my own children. And I know how much it means to have someone come along aside you mm-hmm. and be both emotional and, and practical support. Oh, well, I'm really glad that you were there for your parents and your grandparents and that you've had somebody who's there for you. And it sounds like there are a lot of other people that need that sort of support, too, as they're going through things in their lives. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what senior peer counseling is? Like, what does it entail? And yeah, sure. Well, I think in in uh In a nutshell, I like to Mm -hmm. say it's a program for seniors by seniors. Uh So um, we have a number of individuals as we get older uh, that are going through various life transitions. Mm -hmm. Um, And certainly following the pandemic, we have a lot of individuals who feel isolated and alone. Um, We have those that are struggling with health issues, loss of independence, um, a number of of those that are 
<clears throat> excuse me, providing caregiver support mm -hmm. as well as grief. Those are kind of some of the predominant issues. And uh, we have a group of volunteer seniors who um, want to give of their time and uh, know the value in being there to help, you know, those that are in need. Well, it sounds like it gives back to them, too, because they get connection as they're counseling or peer counseling with the other seniors, too. Yes, they absolutely feel the root feel the reward. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. I know a lot of people after they get to a certain age in that demographic that, um, you know, after retirement, sometimes they don't know what to do with themselves. And so right. this sounds like a really good opportunity for staying connected with people and having something productive to do. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. In many different ways. And it's amazing at how many seniors look for, you know, uh, various mm -hmm. volunteer opportunities and and those those opportunities are certainly there in fact i think the needs are growing in the community yeah and the longer people live too the, yes. the greater the need for that as well so what are some of the things that you somebody would expect from senior peer counseling like say um I'm the senior and I'm not sure, you know, like, what does this entail? What am I getting? I heard you say listening, somebody to listen, but what else might they experience in a senior peer session? So it kind of, it depends on sort of what their issues are. Mm -hmm. So we obviously do uh, an intake and assessment on where they're at and, and work with them to identify what their needs are. Mm -hmm. And uh, really key to our program is working with them, identifying goals. What oh, is it nice. that they want to, you know, what are they working towards, whether it's emotionally or whether it's practical. Mm -hmm. And um, so we are a goal oriented program that also helps them to see how they achieve their goals mm -hmm. and we just really provide that support and encouragement for them and so um, then you know our counselors come in and meet with them and what's really fun is to see the ways because it's kind of very informal but how their counseling sessions go because we have some that they do their sessions by walking Oh. And or they may meet at a location and uh, do their sessions. Sometimes it's in their home if they can't get out. Sometimes it's over the phone. Mm -hmm. We we have a hybrid of doing it in person or online. OK, yeah, um, that's changed a lot with COVID. And so yes. a lot of people are doing things. online. We strive to do as much in person because we feel that um, that connection is important. Yeah, I've noticed that even in my therapy sessions, a lot of people want that connection because there's not as much of it at yes. this point in, in yes. our time. So, And I would also say that with the senior population, they're not as comfortable um, or some just aren't able to even do things online. So this whole environment for them is very challenging and mm -hmm. frustrating. Uh, so it's another reason why we really strive to do the in-person you don't have to be a senior to have trouble with technology. <laughs> That's true. I'm not a senior and I, I have trouble sometimes with my online sessions. Yes. The, the sound goes out, the video goes out. So I can imagine that would be really frustrating for them. Yes. Um, now, you said that they meet with them. How often do they meet? Is it like a once a week thing or a once a month or how does that work? It's typically for one hour each week. Okay. And on average, uh, we start with about a 
six to eight week time frame. Okay. Now, um, that said, we're not hard and fast on our six to eight. Sometimes folks don't need that long Mm -hmm. and sometimes they may need to go a little longer. So we are flexible with that. Okay. uh, And and in some cases, if we're if we're tapering off and an individual doesn't need as often, then they might, you know, go to meeting once every two weeks Mm -hmm. or once every month. It's very individual, depending on what the circumstances are. Yeah. And you and I were talking, you know, before the podcast, but you were saying too, if something along the lines of if it's not therapy. So if it starts getting into a place where the peer counselor doesn't feel comfortable or thinks it's out beyond the scope of what the goal setting is that then you guys do what? Well, correct. uh, They do have some uh, basic high level um, counseling skills, but also identifying, um, you know, if individuals may have uh, greater needs, uh, more clinical Mm -hmm. needs, then we would connect them with appropriate um, counseling or therapy services within the community um, that they you know, may need. Okay. So it sounds like then the peer counselors actually get some sort of training even to do yes. this. So And they get train initial training up front mm-hmm. and then ongoing training on various topics and various issues. And then of course they, they get support. Um, mm-hmm. They meet together as a team. We as a team meet every week, once a oh, week. Great. And so they do find a lot of support mm-hmm. amongst each other. Um, and with within keeping uh, cases, individuals confidential, they may talk about a circumstance or a challenge mm-hmm. or whatever amongst themselves because someone else may have gone through it and give them ideas. Or if we're looking to connect them to a community resource that someone else may know about. So there's a lot of value and a lot of team Teamwork yeah, and team a lot of support. support. Yeah, yes. I was going to say that's that's really helpful. And as as I was becoming a therapist, that's one of the things that we would do is we would meet as a group with a supervisor and then also meet individually with a supervisor. And that gave us the support as we were getting on our feet. So. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's very it's very helpful. There are times in some situations, you know, we have a little bit of a motto that that we as the counselor should never be working harder than the client. We have that too. And (laughs) we have to, as that, as the team comes together, um, you know, sometimes we might have to point that out to one another because you may be doing more, not that, because they they will go above and beyond because Mm -hmm. their heart's heart of gold. Yeah. And, um, but so it also provides that kind of check and balance Um, So that's very, you know, very helpful. So they're learning healthy boundaries to have within those peer counseling relationships and stuff. So what would what would be one of the things that somebody might like to keep in mind if they're considering being a peer counselor? Or what things would they keep in mind? Like, are there certain qualities that they should have? Or you said compassionate and, you know, Yes, I think empathy. Mm -hmm. I think good listening and really, and learning, you know, active listening, reflective listening, because um, our our seniors, first of all, they they like, they're more comfortable talking with their peers, Mm -hmm. with other seniors, or, and those that maybe have gone through some of their own life experiences, and they want to feel like they've been heard and understood. Mm -hmm. Um, In, uh, we, you know, 
so I think those are kind of key to what you have to bring. Mm-hmm. Also, the primary goal of our program is really to promote hope. Okay. Oh, and nice. um, I think, you know, we we remind them that we want to avoid any kind of argumentation or no talking about politics then. right yes the <laughs> politics is taboo that's not a subject for mm-hmm. <laughs> their sessions um you know any kind of denial or conflict um we you know we try to divert them to thinking on the more positive thoughts and positive change okay uh so those uh, i and i think not taking things personally and um so i think those are really just some of the the key things mm-hmm. um, but having the interest if you have the the natural interest and you have the time mm-hmm. and you want to listen and you want to help okay um, would be key that sounds that sounds really good so how would somebody then go about connecting with the larger group of senior peer counseling to be able to do this work to find out more about the program mm-hmm. um, you can I could give the number. You can find the number on our website. For we'll connect it peer. to, I'm sure, with our okay. podcast. Uh, for senior peer counseling, and uh, you would reach me. I would be mm-hmm. the primary contact, and we can talk about um, what the program entails and um, the application process. We also have a questionnaire mm-hmm. um, for people to fill out and complete, which kind of gives them thought as to why they would like you know, to to be involved in and volunteer in this. Mm-hmm. And um, we kind of really take it from, from that step. We're currently recruiting right now. And I am uh, would be then be looking at providing training, you know, within the next couple months, our initial upfront training for bringing folks on. Yeah, I remember you saying too earlier that um, this does rely on people being willing to volunteer to do it. The program yes. doesn't work if there are no volunteers because it is volunteer right. based. So um, you mentioned that you're taking volunteers, but sometimes people who are listening to our podcast are all over you know, the country or even the world. So is this something that is across the country and around the world, or is it just in California where we are right now? Well, I know in California that there are other counties that do mm-hmm. have a similar uh, program. And I know that there has been some in other states mm-hmm. that have as well. And so folks could, you know, reach out to the uh their agency on aging mm-hmm. um, or, you know, their county health department for the folks that deal with, um, you know, the elderly aging programs yeah. and see if they have that type of a program um, because it is grant funded is free. That, so there's no charge for mm-hmm. individuals to uh, participate in it. Mm-hmm. And I can say it's it's been around a long time. Yeah. You said it was around since, was it the 90s? At least mid-1990s. Wow. And, um, you know, I'm so proud of the volunteers that we have some that the the least amount of time they've been volunteering has been four years. And the, the greatest amount of time has been 20 years. So wow. I think that speaks a lot to, um, you know, the value of the program. So now I'm curious, how old is the oldest volunteer? (laughs) They're probably in their 80s by now. Oh, how sweet. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's wonderful. uh, We actually have a husband and wife couple, and they started together 
and uh, they don't take as many cases on uh -huh. as some others. On average, folks probably take about three at a uh -huh. time. Um, but they're they're really kind of an honorary, uh, you know, they're they're honorary members of the program. Yeah. <laughs> oh, neat. So now I'm thinking, what what are some of the things that um, the senior peer counselors utilize in their sessions? Because I know there are some things I was noticing on the sheet that you gave me. What are some of those things? I think journaling was one yes. or something like that. We do promote journaling, um, especially to in, for some folks that kind of need some focus or mm -hmm. need uh, to see, you know, progress or if it's journaling their thoughts, different things. We do have a set of uh, cognitive behavioral therapy worksheets okay. and, and um, the, the deck of cards that we use um, with them. That's obviously not needed in every case mm -hmm. or every situation. What's the deck of cards? I'm curious. It's it's um, it addresses cognitive behavioral oh, therapy, too. OK, OK. So and is it like distortions or something that they might have, like thinking errors or how to change those? Yes. Or, okay. And, and thinking more positive and okay. how thinking affects our actions oh, nice. and different things. So um, it's just a tool that, mm -hmm. you know, they use in in some cases and some situations. Uh, we do promote the uh, Beautiful Minds Daily Tracker. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, we feel like that is really important. And we encourage our seniors to drink their water because, mm -hmm. you know, um, especially as you get older, dehydration is critical for them as mm -hmm. it is for all of us. Yes. But um, they can have a lot of other issues um, mm -hmm. and also uh, with connectedness. So we are um, we utilize and are always keeping up with the programs and services in our community. Mm -hmm. And we encourage our seniors to get involved. And mm -hmm. we have wonderful senior centers that have excellent programs. Um, for those clients that are Christians, we encourage them um, you know, to go to the churches. We have a lot of churches that have various support groups. Mm -hmm. And um, I think they can find a lot of value in that. So there's a number of different uh, tools and resources that we provide. Yeah, I think you even gave me a book on different resources that, you know, yes. a while ago on different things that you can refer these people to. I try to make it as easy for them because mm -hmm. um, in navigating the and there's so much out there that having a resource that they can go to if they're looking mm -hmm. for uh, legal support or if they're looking for food or transportation, both mm -hmm. of those are huge. Oh, yeah. And being able to connect, you know, them to those programs, which is why it's important that we know mm -hmm. about them. And so that's a large part of what we do as well. Yeah. Well, this this all sounds um, really good. So is there is there anything that you would want to add to what we've talked about that maybe I haven't asked the question, but you're thinking now like, oh, I really want them to know this about this program, too? Uh, I think that just that there is a big need in mm -hmm. the community. And I think, um, you know, being um, intentional about looking for those that may be in need and mm -hmm. and think, seeing how we can help them and how we can support them. And just so that they aren't feeling alone mm -hmm. and anybody can do that. You don't have to be part of the program, um, but I think 
being cognizant of our seniors and the things that they're going through is is very important. Yeah, I, this this is a really vital part of society to take care of, you know, the elderly yes. and those that are of a certain age. And and I'm thinking, too, just as a therapist, there are a lot of issues that come up in that age group that um, are not necessarily similar to other age groups. Like, you know, this is the last part of my life. What do I want to do with this? And so having somebody there who will help them, you know, attain those goals that, Mm -hmm. you know, those bucket list items and things that they want to do, I think is extremely helpful. Yes. Very, Mm -hmm. it's very important. And I think having that sounding board of someone they can talk to and process through, because you're right, they are facing, they are facing, um, you know, different different set of issues mm-hmm. and um you know they they do need that hope and they do need that guidance um it's amazing how many come that haven't maybe even made uh a lot of their like financial planning or uh just a lot of those sort of yeah uh other end of life issues mm-hmm. different things so i think as much um guidance that we can give and be available is really really beneficial. That's great. Yeah. Thank you. Now that number or the, is it the same if somebody wants a peer counselor, is that the same contact information as somebody who wants to be a peer counselor? Yes. Okay. It's all the one number would get you whatever you want to know about. You want to share the counseling. number with us right I'm now? Sure. And then we can it's also add it to the podcast. 530-883-8466. Repeat it. Okay. And that's for our specific area. That's specific to Beautiful Mind Senior Peer Counseling. Okay. And then um, for anything outside of the area, then they would have to look with their local. Yes, they would have to look that that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, thank you. It's it's been great to to meet with you and to learn about another resource that we have in our community that can help people and also to consider that, you know, just because we're not necessarily helping that person and I'm speaking on an individual basis, there is a resource that we can direct those that Correct. we love and care about who are of a certain age to this organization so that they can be helped even when maybe we don't know what to do. Yes. Exactly. And, you know, I there's one other thing I wanted to share is mm-hmm. that sometimes some of our clients that have gone through and had the peer support, they themselves are um, uh, interested and motivated mm-hmm. to then become a peer counselor and volunteer and be part of the program. Mm -hmm. And that's also a beautiful thing. They've seen the value and the benefit. And it's very good for them to do as much as they have so much to, you know, to Mm -hmm. give and to offer. And so I just wanted to share that, that, um, you know, that does happen from time to time. And we certainly encourage it. You just reminded me, I don't want to miss this opportunity, but is there a story that you'd like to share with us of a successful, you know, peer counseling relationship that turned into something that? Um, Sure, I can share about, we had this, uh, a a woman, a 70 year old woman that mm-hmm. was referred to us actually by her son. And um, she lived here in the Auburn area and her son lived in Southern California. Mm-hmm. 
but she, her husband, she was the caregiver for her husband Mm -hmm. and he had stage, uh, stage four cancer and Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. And, uh, she was all by herself. English was her second language. So this was another challenge for her and she didn't drive. Her husband had always drove. So Mm -hmm. when she came to us, she had a, a lot of issues that she was struggling with. And actually, her husband's health was really declining rapidly. And when our um, counselor came in and, and met with her, she was able to get her connected to a medical social worker, to home health, as well as to hospice and get her wow. some transportation resources. And uh, in their process of their time together, uh, this woman had opened up about kind of some of the the positive things in her marriage to her husband and some of the challenges that she had had. And one of those was that during her married time, she wasn't able to get to spend much time with her son or her family. Mm -hmm. And so she was, you know, really sad about that. And uh, so she was kind of struggling with some things emotionally. And actually during, um, one of the counseling sessions, the counselor was there when her husband actually passed. So it was just oh. the two of them, but the counselor was able to provide her support mm-hmm. and and uh, when things there had to be taken care of. And I, um, I bring this part up about what she had shared because together in their conversation, she was able to turn it around to kind of look like while she's going through the grief and loss of her husband and she was going to be making a transition because she was blessed that she had a son who loved her deeply Mm -hmm. and they had made plans that they were going to, um, he was going to have her move down with him. Yeah. And so she was trying to now also think of the positive, even though she was transitioning Mm -hmm. into this other chapter in her life of that, this would give her, opportunity to spend time with her son his Mm -hmm. family and her other family and so it brought her a lot of hope and Mm -hmm. encouragement and support uh you know throughout this process and so so, a silver lining yes Mm -hmm. and both the counselor and the client felt you know rewarded to be able to help one another out through that time Mm Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. I'm sure you have a lot of other wonderful yes. stories, too, that you could share with us. And I'm sure the meetings that the pe- uh, senior peer counselors get together and they probably have some wonderful stories that they can share as well during that time. So that would be another benefit of being yes. a senior peer counselor exactly. is having that that influx of hope, you know, mm-hmm. and inspiration built up there. Well, I really appreciate you spending the time with us here. And um, Sheree, you know, blessings to you as you continue to support this um, program that you're doing. And um, however we can help you, we're happy to do that. And thank you for sitting with me here today, too. Thank you. Thank Mm -hmm. you. I appreciate being here and getting this opportunity very much. Thank you. So if you only take one thing away from today's show, remember this. If mental illness is a whole person problem, then it must have a whole person solution. I'm Amanda Anguish. And I'm Cherie Hummel. And you've been listening to The The Brain Brain People People Podcast. Podcast.